0: to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Lord Advocate, representing the Taiwanese judicial authorities, and Dean. And the citation for this case is 2017 UKSC 44. The case that we're actually looking at today should, in theory, be a relatively straightforward extradition case. But the involvement of Taiwan also meant that the Supreme Court had to take delicate international relations and human rights into account. Zane Dean was born in Scotland but had been living in Taiwan for 19 years when one evening in 2010 he was driving under the influence of alcohol and crashed his car into a newspaper vendor who later died from his injuries. Dean drove off but was eventually caught and sentenced to four years for manslaughter. While he was on bail however, he absconded to Scotland on a false passport and attempted to conceal his identity. In fact, it was only in late 2013 that Dean was apprehended by the police, and has since been doing time in Edinburgh. In the meantime, Taiwanese authorities have been trying to extradite Dean back to their country, and this is where we really pick the case up. The relevant law is the Extradition Act 2003, and after the sheriff in the lower court held that an extradition would not be incompatible with Dean's human rights, An extradition order was made in August of 2014. This was appealed and the Appeal Court of the High Court of Justiciary actually undertook an investigation to discover whether prison conditions in Taiwan represent a breach of Article 3 of the European Convention on Human Rights. Article 3 being a person is not to be subject to torture or inhuman or degrading treatment. In the end, they found that even if the assurances given by the Taiwanese government were adhered to, there was still a risk that Dean would be mistreated and therefore his extradition would be incompatible with Article 3. Now that the case comes before the Supreme Court, both sides had issues that they looked to raise. On the one hand, the Lord Advocate argues that the Scottish Appeal Court did not apply the correct test when it came to judging the risk of mistreatment that Dean might face upon his extradition. Meanwhile, Dean himself questioned the jurisdiction of the Supreme Court by arguing that the Appeal Court had determined a devolution issue. He also raised further human rights arguments under both Article 5, the right to liberty, and Article 8, the right to private life. The Supreme Court dealt with each of these issues in turn and began by first addressing the competency question. In order to do this, the Supreme Court went back to the Scotland Act 1998 and noted that Schedule 6 does include decisions by the Scottish Executive that may be incompatible with the Convention as a devolution issue. Even though the Advocate General for Scotland has not been involved in this case, that does not change the fact that the devolution issue can be appealed to the Supreme Court, as is the case here. With that sorted, the Supreme Court moved on to the main issue of the case involving Article 3, They held that when looking at the acts of third parties, in this case other prisoners who would be sharing a cell with Dean, rather than the acts of the state itself, the correct test for the court to apply is whether the state has provided reasonable protection against harm inflicted by non-state actors. The appeal court in Scotland did not establish a distinction between the state and the other prisoners in this case and therefore did not apply the correct legal test. Instead, they should have first asked if the Taiwanese prison authorities would do enough to protect Dean from other prisoners, and if so, whether those conditions would amount to a breach of Article 3. Applying this in the light of the agreement with Taiwan, the Supreme Court held that there was sufficient protection as Dean would be allowed to remain in his cell and exercise alone without the other prisoners nearby. Even though such a life would be undoubtedly lonely, that in itself is not enough for there to be a breach of Article 3, especially if the isolation is self-imposed. Finally, the justices of the Supreme Court also agreed that the arguments brought forward by Dean in relation to Article 5 and 8 were without merit. It was originally suggested that the time Dean had already spent in prison should be taken away from the sentence that he is due to serve in Taiwan. But the court held that these circumstances only arose because he fraudulently escaped to Scotland in the first place when he was on bail in Taiwan. In relation to Article 8, even though there is undoubtedly an interference with Dean's Article 8 rights, this can be justified in the circumstances in favour of the wider public benefit in the prevention of crime. To conclude this episode, I want to talk mostly about the decision in relation to Article 3 because the devolution issue and the other human rights argument are rather self explanatory and do not merit further discussion. The test for Article 3 is based on achieving a threshold and understandably that threshold is set fairly high because it takes a lot for something to go beyond punishment and actually be considered torture or inhuman or degrading treatment in the eyes of the law. The Appeal Court in Scotland undertook its own evidential investigation to arrive at a conclusion that this threshold would have been reached if Dean were to be extradited, and yet the Supreme Court overruled this on the basis that the incorrect test had been applied. This is where we have to be especially careful. Although the test is particularly stringent, there should also be a related duty on the legal system in the UK to make sure that its own citizens are not potentially subject to torture in any form. This is a delicate balancing act because the Supreme Court is right when it comments on the importance of people serving out their sentences and the extradition process in general. What Dean did was wrong, not only in terms of the manslaughter, but also the evasion of justice by absconding to Scotland. He deserves to be punished for that. However, if there is a real possibility that he could be subject to a breach of Article 3, then this is a punishment that no person deserves and it is why it is such a core feature of the European Convention on Human Rights. Assurances from the Taiwanese government aside, this is a decision for the UK courts based on the actual evidence that they have in front of them. The Appeal Court in Scotland undertook the gathering of that evidence, and was not assured by its findings, so that should be enough to end the case. But the Supreme Court went against this purely on the basis that the incorrect test had been applied. When we look back at this case in the light of this the decision can appear confusing but as suggested at the start of the episode there is more going on here and we need to ask why this is the case it's important to remember that extradition is also a very politically sensitive issue and although this is not explicitly mentioned in the judgment it's no secret that this played a role if a person commits a crime in your country the expectation is that it is your country's judicial system that should deal with them, and that is the basis for extradition agreements that tend to be reciprocal in nature. When these fail and the reciprocity breaks down, there can be a negative effect on diplomatic relations between the two countries involved, and so officials are keen to avoid that happening when they can. To a great extent, this is what we see happening in this case. In order to maintain good relations with Taiwan, an important trade partner for the UK, It would not be beneficial to suggest that prison conditions in that country amount to what we in the West would consider torture. It would also not be helpful if a time came when the UK wanted an extradition to go the other way. With this in mind, it is perhaps not too surprising that the Lord Advocate pushed so hard for extradition, even where serious questions were raised about the safety of a UK citizen. Nevertheless, diplomatic relations do not seem like a good enough reason to take this risk. Ultimately, we do want healthy relations with all of the other countries in the world, but if that requires us to give up our principles and expose one of our own citizens, then the suggestion would be that this is a sacrifice that is not worth making. Well thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the awesome theme music that you just listened to. Remember that you can find out more by visiting uklawweekly.com where we have news stories, podcast episodes and also videos as well so be sure to check those out. Also if you get a chance to rate and review the podcast on iTunes then that is always very much appreciated I checked out the iTunes page yesterday and another couple of people had reviewed, so I think we're up to about five ratings now for the podcast, which is very much appreciated. I will see you again next week with another episode, but for now, bye!